It was a good bounce-back win for the Angels last night, led by Griffin Canning, and he's done something, John, in his first three starts that only Shohei Otani has done this year, and we'll tell you what it is. It's time to get Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Johnny and I thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. And those watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for being here for this episode of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you aka the super halo bros my name is john and that's my brother mike and my name is mike and that's my brother john hey we've been fans of this team for years through all the highs the lows and halos and this is our second season here at lockdown angels we're happy to be here with you on today's show we're talking about phil nevin as a manager a lot of them a lot of fans are calling for his head mike but we're going to compare him to the new rangers manager veteran manager bruce bochi we'll give you an update on jose suarez and the news coming out today or yesterday i should say and what the halos are going to do with them next so we'll find out what that's going to be about here in just a little bit but let's first recap game two against the a's as the angels win five to three mike yeah a lot calmer episode today than yesterday johnny and that's what happens when your team beats the teams that they're supposed to win right i'm still pissed (laughs) no No, i'm with you i mean this is a game that we should take these are games that we should take this is a series that we should win easily and i think often what we do is we build our hopes up that we're going to get a sweep and then the angels inevitably lose that first game john and they've done that all season long and they did it against the a's in game one but not last night they got a victory five to three led by griffin canning the only right-handed pitcher in this starting rotation johnny he went five innings gave up three runs four hits struck out seven and walked two this is his third straight start with five innings or more Mm -hmm. only Shohei Otani has done that this season outside of his rain delay start and so other right-hander in the only other right-hander right (laughs) I don't even call him a right-hander I just call him the unicorn right um so Kenning's been great and here's his last two starts his first start of the year was against the Nationals five innings two runs, five hits, four Ks, didn't walk anybody. Then against the Yanks, he actually looked really good. Five and a third, two runs, four hits, four Ks, and three walks. He has a 4.11 ERA and a 4.23 FIP. So he's actually doing pretty well. He's performing better there, which is great. And brought some, I guess, stability to this starting rotation. It's so nice. I wanted to just stand and applaud Griffin Canning during that game last night because he looked confident. He looked like he knew what pitch he was throwing. He was spotting his pitch as well. It was just an all-around great start, and it feels like this young guy that we have hoped would develop is finally developing. I know it's three games in, but he was out for almost two years, John. So to have him back in this rotation is, I'm going to tell you right now, it's miraculous because because we need an arm like this for the Angels. And the fact that it's his first couple outings in almost two years – And I know it's the Nats. I know it was the A's. But look, the Angels probably should have won that Yankee game. Two runs, right? And and two runs in each game. Uh, Well, three runs. He got that inherited run. Thanks, Aaron Loop. Uh, You saw that coming a mile away, right? (laughs) Yeah. Guy on second, Aaron Loop coming in. I think I tweeted, oh, this this should, surely this will go well. Right. Uh, But all of that to say, he's keeping us in the game. 
Mike, I would venture to say he's even better than he was pre-injury. And yeah. maybe the injury had something to do with that, but this is a guy who used to throw a lot of pitches and not get a lot of longevity out of an inning, and he would walk a lot of people too. So just he has tightened up his game and has been much better on the mound and seriously gives us stability, which I think is the right word to use there. Hey, the offense was led by my boy, Brandon Drury, finally heating up, like I said. Yeah, speaking got of that getting silver, better. <laughs> he got that silver slugger and went, oh, yeah, I, I remember hitting. Look at me. I two can more, go. Two more RBIs uh, uh, last night. Urshela, Ward, Renjifo, all with RBIs. It ended up being a, a 5-3 game, of course. Mike, they hit the ball hard last night. Uh, some did. of the exit velocities here, 103.8 uh, and and above 100 miles an hour on a ton of those. I think Zach Neto had 105 off the bat. It was caught over there at third base by uh, Jace Peterson. That guy is all over the field. Man. He, he, he's, he's always everywhere. Yeah. yeah. But this is this is key. Uh, the Angels stole four bases. Mm-hmm. Now, there was uh, the Shohei steal. Rendon gets on. There's a double steal. Renjifo steals a bag to make up for his doofus play on uh, Monday night trying to take second and now the angels are back at 500 for the eighth time this season 12 and 12 mike i loved the approach that the angels took last night in terms of hitting the ball the other way hitting it hard the other way you saw mike trout get stuff started in the first with a double that went over the wall Uh, he probably could have stretched that to a triple if it had plinkoed out there right but the fact remains that these guys were scoring without hitting bombs and hitting tanks And that's been their M.O. a lot of the season. So it was just nice to see these guys string hits together with two outs, runners in scoring position. They delivered delivered each time. Yeah, Brennan Drury looked great. And I don't know if you saw at the end of the game, um, Matt Birch went to ask him if he would do an interview and he mouthed, oh, I don't do that. And he walked into the clubhouse, which I thought was really great. But it's good to see him come through. And I know that his numbers aren't jumping off the page, but Zach Neto just brings a whole lot of confidence to this lineup and you have confidence that he's going to come through when it matters. Johnny, I don't mean to pick on him, but Renjifo just feels like a triple A player. I remember last year and the year before when Jose Rojas would be thrown out into the outfield, it would be frustrating. Mm-hmm. There was a ball in right field last night where he, he could have caught it. It just felt mm-hmm. like it felt like he just doesn't know what he's doing out there. He's nervous or he's overthinking it, right? Like that would have been an easy catch by Hunter Renfro or any other defender out there. Yeah. And I'm actually okay with them throwing Brandon Phillips out there more often than not. Brett, if you're Brett not going to have, uh, yeah, Brett Phillips. <laughs> uh, well, what's Brandon Phillips doing? Uh, Brett Phillips <laughs> out there because he's got, he's got a great arm and great defense. And when he's been at the plate, he's caused some chaos and he's stolen some bases. It just feels like when he, they're trying to find a spot for him in this lineup and trying to get him some at bats, which I get, I understand. And that's, What's going to help bring success, I think, to him? He just looks kind of Joe Adelish out mm. there right now in the in the really at the plate and also in the outfield. And mm-hmm. so, I'm just not sure how wise it is to kind of move him around the field. If you're going to move anybody around the field, I think I'd rather move like Taylor Ward or I'd rather move Mike Trout. You know what I mean? Like mm. because it just seems like Ren, uh, yeah, Renhifo just seems like he gets really overwhelmed when he's not in a position that he's really comfortable with. It's weird. You're confusing Renhifo with Rendon and Renfro. And <laughs> yeah, it's weird how that happens. I'm winning right? on this episode so far. <laughs> I'm just saying there's all, all the, the Knights of Ren going on there, uh, mm-hmm. the Ren bros. But listen, Mike, I, I have to kind of think about that as well. I know Brandon Drury has played the outfield, so I'm surprised he wasn't out there. 
but that means you put Renhifo at second base. Yeah. And and it's just like, where is he the least liable in right. terms of defense? Right? right. And so maybe that's what went into consideration there. I don't know. I'm just happy that they were able to hit the ball hard and string together some hits. They got through the gap. We see it all the time with these halos. They hit the ball hard right at somebody. Yeah. And it's whether that's the outfield that bloops out there or it it, uh, it goes hard to the infielder. So it was good to see them string together some hits. I tweeted out a series of, of tweets yesterday from Super Halo Bros just to kind of uh, balance out the ick from Monday night with some hopeful thoughts. And the fact that this team is 12 and 12, it's almost the end of April. If we come out of this month above 500, that's I am more than comfortable with that. Uh, wait a second. Has it only been a month? <laughs> no, it's been less than a month. <laughs> I mean, it, doesn't this feel like the, the longest season that we've ever had in the month yeah. of April? It just no feels kidding. like that, right? What no I liked kidding. about this game last night, Johnny, is it wasn't messy. They right. looked like they were playing a major league baseball game and they looked like major league baseball players. It wasn't messy. Bullpen came in. And I think what we, what we saw last night is an indication of what's really happening with this team mm -hmm. is that there are some guys that we can count on in this bullpen. They will have moments where they're not going to be great, but not everybody's going to be great all the time. But Carlos Estevez and Matt Moore, they came in and looked fantastic. And it was nice to have confidence that they're actually going to get to the ninth inning and not have it be this chaos, right? right? And I know Aaron Loop gave up a run, but it was good to see that he didn't do any more damage after that. And on an aside, I just don't know what you do with that guy. I know that we had an episode where things are fixable with him. Yeah. But quite honestly, I just don't know what you do with him because it just seems like he keeps he keeps falling apart or not being who he is or what he has the potential to be. What are you doing? Sorry, I'm just checking my notes here about uh, the relief pitchers. I'm trying to see if Estevez is allowed to go uh, as much as he did last night, um, according to the sheet. Um, I don't have an answer for you. He's, so. he's out for the rest of the week. <laughs> he's out for the rest of the week. Can't use him. Can't yeah, use him. right? Hey, so the Angels are going to play game three against the A's again tonight, 638 Pacific time. Patrick Sandoval is looking to bounce back from that Yankee start last week. Man, I didn't get a chance to uh, watch the beginning of that game, but the notifications that were going off, I went, what in the world happened? Right, so yeah, hopefully <laughs> he can uh, put it back together. You can catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. And coming up on Locked on Angels, we're going to talk about Phil Nevin. Can he be a manager like Bruce Bochy? We're going to find out together. Locked on Angels is brought to you by So Rare. So Rare is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace, transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. And it's different than other fantasy baseball platforms. So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience. They're collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win really great rewards. And win or lose, you still own those cards, and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance. Collecting cards and increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards, it's really a whole lot of fun. You got to check it out. Go to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's spelled S O R. ARE.com, and you can draft your team there. Free player cards. Let me remind you, it doesn't cost you anything. Set your lineup and start competing today to win really great rewards. Again, that's so rare.com slash locked on. 
Go there today and get started. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Listen up, everybody. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and we can't get enough of them. There's no better place to get in on the MLB action than at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash on, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. Remember, FanDuel is an official partner of Major League Baseball. We really appreciate you making Locked On Angels your first listen today, and we're really grateful for you Locked On Everydayers, those that join us Monday through Friday, five days a week. We are here for you talking about our halos, whether it's really good or when it's really bad. We're also talking about that. So you can join us each day this week. We're going to recap each of the A's games, and we're going to uh, recap on Friday Shohei Otani's start from Thursday night, so don't miss that. The Angels do play the A's tonight at 6.38. John mentioned that Sandy is on the bump. John's been a Sandy fan since the beginning. and so Sandy man can. You are a, you're the number one fan for that guy, and we're feeling good about a win. I think I'm feeling good. I think that we have an opportunity to win this game, have a good pitching performance, and get some offense as well. You can catch every pitch and every bat and every home run and everything tonight with the Angels' hometown broadcast on Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. Mike, we got the news from Phil Nevin saying that Jose Suarez is scheduled to start on Sunday in Milwaukee hmm. against the Brewers. Hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Hmm. <laughs> but here's That's the reason. How I feel they, about that. Hmm. They said <laughs> they liked what they saw from him in the fourth and the fifth inning. Okay. Nevin said that Suarez will be evaluated start to start. That means more starts. That means more starts. It also means what were you not evaluating from the last? Yeah, start? you're doing that. You're starting now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, starting now. Now. <laughs> now, listen. They said that they felt like the pitch tipping issue was something they found and feel like that when they resolve it, it will help him be better. He also okay. said, "This is ridiculous, Mike, <laughs> because there's a lot here." Yeah. Phil Nevin said that the staff discovered the pitch tipping, not Mike Trout. He said the bench coach, Ray Montgomery, first showed it to him on the iPad. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. somebody on the fan cam that follows Shohei Otani around, it was Shohei and Ipe who found out mm-hmm. that Jose Suarez was pitch tipping. Yeah. Then, like throughout the whole video, you see Shohei kind of mimic Suarez's leg movement and things like that. And him and Ipe are going back and forth. Then Shohei tells Ray Montgomery, or he might have actually told Matt Wise, but uh, basically, Shohei's the one who found it and, and told somebody. And, and Matt Wise went, what? <laughs> what, we, what? What's happening? <laughs> no, no, no. I want two tacos. I want two tacos. <laughs> A free snow cone. Free I want snow cone. Yeah, no kidding. But listen, he said that uh, we've got to make him better. That's it. There's too much potential. There's hmm. too much upside in him for us to give up on him. He's somebody that's loved in the room. Now, okay. it says not DFAing Suarez is an indication that the Halos actually have a a big problem. Yes. They have a pitching staff without much flexibility. You saw them use a lot of options last season with pitchers coming up and down. Uh, usually it's to send somebody down to get better. Sometimes it's to get a fresh arm up with the team or a more reliable arm. They're kind of 
their their hands are kind of tied here, Mike. Yeah, yeah. I I want to talk about that last part of that quote. He's somebody that's loved in that room. Mm-hmm. I I love that. By the way, I'm glad that these guys are tight. I'm glad that they love each other. I'm glad that they enjoy being around each other. I think that that's probably weighing a whole lot more than his potential and what he can do. Hmm. I, I think that maybe like he's just a good dude. Let's keep him around, right? Interesting. And and you know, in like business and when you work and things like that, there's there's always that guy on the team and you're not sure what he does, but you're just you you like having him around, right? Sure. Like yeah. you, you like you enjoy his company, but if asked, if pressed, you're like what what does Bob do? Like <laughs> what, what is he doing here, right? And and there's a sense in my heart that I think Suarez kind of fits in that category. He's El Demente, right? He's fun to be around and he's, you know, excitable and he's probably causing some pranks and all of those things. King, and King Panda on Twitter, a, a follower of ours, called him El Demote, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> that was good. You yeah. deserve a bow. Well done. Hand well clap. Done. I just think that maybe there's there's more to them emotionally than there is to what he can actually bring to this team. I do think that, you know, like, not DFAing him and not being able to send him down is an indication they're kind of stuck with him. Yes. I just I just wonder, John, when it comes to him, and I wonder like with a guy like Aaron Loop, if you put them out there, I would be curious if anybody goes after them. I think people would probably go after Suarez. I don't think they go after Loop, hmm. but with with Suarez, he has all of this potential. But it, that's been his story since he first came up. And it's yeah. always been just all potential and and no performance. And when he's performed, it's not been in high leverage games. It's been when we've been losing, when it doesn't really matter. And suddenly we're 10 games under 500. But hey, Suarez pitched a complete game shutout. That was awesome, right? And so it got us hopeful. And I think what we're seeing is a guy who really, his head's not in the game. I, I'm not as concerned as, as, as the Angels were about the pitch tipping, John. I'm, I'm more concerned about the location of the pitches he threw against the A's. Yeah. Like he, those were meatballs. Yeah. And, and so if he was tipping his pitches, I get that they knew maybe what pitch was coming, but I think maybe you and I could have hit those pitches and, made some, and no. made some good contact. Right. And we talked about how it was slow pitch softball, but man, I just don't think that, I just don't think that they're thinking this all the way through hmm. and, and it just feels more emotional than it does performative i know that uh after the game last night uh chase silseth was called mm-hmm. up and so what do you think this move is about with silseth silseth thank you <laughs> silseth <laughs> and and ultimately are you are you in or are you out on suarez it sounds like silseth is going to be out of the pen in place of austin warren who's got some elbow discomfort which is unfortunate because he has been a stud since he came back up to the major league club but Silseth out of the pen, I, I like that move because you can monitor the velocity over maybe two or three innings because mm-hmm. that's been his issue. So if he does the kind of the Tucker Davidson thing, then that would be an effective use of Silseth. However, if something goes wrong with Suarez, you got Silseth right there to right. take his place. And Mike, maybe it's a little, uh, it's a fire under the tea kettle a little bit with Jose okay. Suarez. It's, hey, Chase is here. <laughs> uh-huh. pause and, pause stop yeah <laughs> have you seen Ch- hey jose have you seen chase <laughs> yeah he's chasing you that's for sure he's chasing you for your spot mike here's a couple of things i want to point out number one i know that we said last night no monday night 
was Suarez's get right game. Yeah. And he didn't get right. But I also have to consider there was a noticeable difference after they figured out the problem. Yeah. True. And so I think it's worth exploring that again. Now, I wish it wasn't against the the Brewers. Right. Uh, but that's just the way that the the rotation shakes out so that Suarez would start uh, on Sunday in Milwaukee. Milwaukee, but all that to say, how many times, let me ask you a question. How many times did you see Jose Suarez pitch in spring training? Gosh, did he pitch in spring training? Exactly. <laughs> he was on yeah. the backfields. He was in not on TV games. He was pitching in those those games against, you know, the 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 B squad. He yeah. was pitching for the B squad. Yeah. Mike, he uh, that's where everything went wrong. Nobody's mm. paying attention. Nobody mm. was paying attention to Suarez to be able to identify something like this until his third start. Yeah. <laughs> and why did it take so long yeah. for somebody who is not even on the coaching staff? They need to give Shohei a raise to be the, the third pitching coach because he identified it. Ipe identified it, right? And so it's ridiculous that it's got to this point. Nobody's paying attention. And that comes from the top down. That comes from the front office all the way down. These guys got to get their act together. Again, I said that I was hopeful things can turn around. Uh, and again, ending up at 500 at the end of April, I think would be a great place to start. But Mike, that's placing a lot of faith in Phil Nevin and Matt Wise and Bill Hezel and those guys to figure this stuff out mm -hmm. and get it right. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm going to put my faith in them because it's their job, but I'm not doing so lightly because <laughs> so far right. it's stuff like this that, yes, figure it out in April. Figure out your starting rotation situation. Figure out your bullpen. You should have done it in the offseason. But while you're tinkering with things, at least it's April. So I'm going to give them some leeway there because we're a few few days out from the end of this month. Figure it out and stop, stop missing these things because it's ridiculous. Well, if you think that you would be a great GM, you got to check out the Ultimate Pro Baseball GM game. They're the sponsor of today's show on Locked On Angels. In the simulation, you're responsible for hiring right coaches and staff. And maybe if you're frustrated with Phil Nevin, then you can figure out what you would do with a manager like that. You can manage the team finances. You can go above the luxury tax if you want to and be very non arty like You can scout and draft players, manage through difficult personalities and injuries. You're navigating your franchise through free agency, all the ups and downs of the season. And it's actually a very challenging and realistic game. And it's playable completely offline. So you can play on the go whenever and wherever you want. And those listening and those watching the Locked on Angels, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use this promo code, Locked on, in the game store. So you can download the game in one of three ways. Visit probaseballgm.com. You can scan the code here on YouTube if you're watching or look it up in the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com. The ultimate pro baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, Mike, our last conversation, the Bochi factor. <laughs> Bruce Bochi was hired as the manager of the Texas Rangers. Currently, they're in first place. We thought we thought Bochi had ridden off into the sunset in terms of his managerial career. Yeah. Took took San Francisco to the World Series three times over six years. Uh, created a, a dynasty, you know, in the in the late 2000s, early 2010s. And, you know, they ran this town for a while. Yep. And 
now he's with the Rangers and they're in first place. They've made some big improvements. They over the last two off seasons, you know, they got Seager and Simeon. Then they really improved their pitching staff. I know they took some risks with guys like Ivaldi and and uh, Degrom. Thank you, uh, <laughs> Jacob Degrom. Yep. Uh, these names always escape me when we're actually recording. Right. Uh, but it's not the first time they've done this, and and it doesn't always turn into success. But Bochi has this team buying into what they're what they're putting out there, right? Yeah. On the flip side, Nevin is similar to Bochi. He's a veteran guy, former player, but his presence hasn't really like inspired the Angels. It seems like they have kind of a good relationship with the players, but there isn't a noticeable difference in this team in their winning percentage and in their mm-hmm. hustle and all of those things. And so we decided to like wrestle between the difference between Bruce Bochy and Phil Nevin. Like what's the difference? What do you think the difference is on the Texas Rangers versus the Los Angeles angels? And by the way, shout out to Bryce on locked on Rangers. If you get a chance, check out his show. He has a great show and he's super excited. His team is in first place. Mm-hmm. So Johnny, let me go first. Let me talk about experience. Mm-hmm. Bochy has a lot of experience. You mentioned it. He's won three world series. He went in six years He didn't do anything with the Padres and then the Giants just kind of picked him up and it was Mm kind of like finding the right match. It was hand in glove and he had Buster Posey at the time and he really was able to give them the keys to move forward. I think in the same context, it was like when Mark Jackson was fired from the Golden State Warriors Mm -hmm. and then they hired uh, uh, Steve Kerr Mm -hmm. and they had kind of the same roster. Steph Curry was there and, and Thompson was there and, you know, Draymond was there. And what happened when Kerr took over is they they figured it out. Yeah, They had a little bit more freedom. And I think that that's what a manager is able to do, a coach is able to do, is help these guys figure it out. Bochi had this experience, and I think that there was just a confidence in him when he came in, and then they were able to go to three World Series in six years and, and win them all. Now, Nevin, this is his first full year mm-hmm. leading the team. He's well-respected when he was with the Yankees as a bench coach. And then, of course, with the Angels, he was well-respected as a bench coach. And then Got a lot of of, uh, minor league experience. Right, yeah. And so, but this is really his first full year leading a team. And so I wonder if that plays into it a bit. I wonder if the confidence that Bochy kind of stirs up in guys is like legit, historical, factual uh, confidence because of his experience. And I wonder if the confidence that Nevin is trying to stir up, there is a question of like, yeah, but bro, you haven't really done anything. And so yeah. can I take your word hmm. fully? I wonder if that's the tension that some of the players are wrestling through. That's an interesting point. But I also, I feel like this team is respectful of yeah. Nevin. Oh, for sure. And and everything you hear about the difference between spring training last year and this year between Joe Madden, like they said, Joe Madden spent more days on the golf course. You right. Know, than right. Nevin, Nevin's in there, you know, nose to the grind and really trying to make this team work. And I believe that he wants this team to succeed and he's yeah. trying what he can. But Mike, I feel like Bochi is kind of that, that old school guy who's managed to balance with the new school stuff. I mean, yes. we, we yeah. see that great point coming around the time from, you know, 2010 to 2014 is when you started to see the shift. You started to see war come into Vogue, right? And you start to see those analytical terms and practices come into it. I think Bochi has been able to, balance that really well. Now, I think Nevin's an old school guy. Yep. But I also feel like there is the Emperor Palpatine looming over him in terms of Perry Manassian and the analytics department and the front office. I understand that those two things can coexist. But right now, in this first month, it's been really tough to watch because 
this limit on relievers and stuff like that. It just feels way too hands-on. And you've just got to go with your gut sometimes. So I'm not sure Nevin quite feels like he has the permission to go with his gut because he saw last year how Perry and Joe Madden clashed over decisions. Now, with Bochi, he's played almost his entire career at catcher, and catchers always make great managers. We saw, saw that with Mike Sosha, obviously, for 20 years. Yeah. Now, Nevin played more of the infield. He was a backup catcher, so he might not have the same mindset because the catcher really runs the field. They're aware of everything that's going on. So that might also be a major point of difference between these two guys. But we have a listener, Lockdown Angels listener, Jeremy Copeland. Now, Mike, you're a pastor. Mm-hmm. He's a pastor. And you had a really interesting analogy uh, so set this up for us because I think it's really good. Yeah, I think what Cope said here actually, I think summarizes what we're feeling as fans with Phil Nevin. He said, "Nevin, now, um, now this is church world, so you non-church people, let me let me clue you in. There's like the lead pastor, and then there's like an executive pastor, and then there's like the youth pastor, right? And the youth works with the students and all of that stuff. So he said, Nevin has gone from being the youth pastor to the lead pastor. So he was overseeing <laughs> students." to now overseeing the whole thing. Sure. And the speed at which decisions that have to be made and the weight of those decisions is overwhelming right now. Now, I uh-huh. did that at the church that I'm at. I was, I'm now the lead guy for about six years, but I've been there for 21 years. And the first 13, I was the youth guy. To move from youth to lead, I didn't realize how much of a gap there would be, hmm. how much I would have to learn. I knew there, there would be a lot. And so what, what Cope hits on here, I think, is appropriate for Nevin. The, the speed of decisions and the weight of decisions can be a bit overwhelming. Cope said, I think he's the right guy. He just needs time to adjust and do what he needs to do to learn, get some mm. reps, because this is what rookies do, right? We're patient yeah. with Zach Neto. He's saying we should be patient with Phil Nevin. And he then threw in this little nugget. And if you're a church person, you know exactly what I'm talking about here. Uh, we are probably the congregation that sees everything clearly. <laughs> Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Yeah. I think this is the right way to go, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so I think fans kind of fall into that. So Johnny, can Phil be Bochi is really the question here. Uh, and and what will it take? And when will we know? I just don't like the fact that Phil Nevin, they brought him back because he had a good rapport with the players. Yeah. But it was all under the shadow of Artie Marino selling this team. Right. And he's got a one-year deal, Right. And so he's got to make the most of this one-year deal. I also think it really sells everybody short at the end of the day because it's not an investment and it's right. not a very ringing endorsement of, hey, you're the guy, Phil. We trust you with this. Da, 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 da. I mean, on one hand, it is, hey, we're giving you this year. This is a very important year. But Mike, at the end of the day, it was a it was a safety move. It was, it was. a move that made sense because it was like, well, he did it and and let's give him a full year and see what happens. It's not the hand in glove kind of managerial experience that we see with with other people. It's yeah. not it's not Mike Sosha taking over this team in 99, right? Like it's it's not the same thing. Yeah. Um and so I think it sells everybody short. I think Phil Nevin can and will be a good manager. It's just very difficult right now because like you said yesterday, everybody's under so much pressure right now and I think that he feels that the most. I will say this. I don't think that he needs to be fired. I don't think that we need to call for his head because the last thing this team needs to do is get rid of their manager mid season. Once again, I know everybody wants to see Benji Gill. I think Benji Gill would be a great manager. Yep. 
maybe next year, right? Yeah. Like we're not, we can't go through this process again of manager, GM, GM, manager, manager, GM, because that's what we've done for the last 10 years. And where has that gotten us? Right. And so if we do this again, it's just repeating the cycle. There's not going to be one definitive answer of, oh man, if, if Benji Gill took over, that's going to solve everything. <laughs> right. Right. Be right. That, it, because at the end of the day, it comes down to the play on the field and what the players do. And yes, Phil Nevin has to make right decisions. Phil Nevin needs to tighten up the mental airs. Phil Nevin and the coaching staff need to figure out that Jose Suarez is pitching his tip, pitching his tip is uh, <laughs> tipping his pitches and not Shohei Otani. Yeah. And, and they need to be able to take care of that. Again, that points up to GMPM and, and his decisions as well. So they, these, they, these guys really need to, you know, tighten the reins here and get this team where it needs to be. I think we saw an example of a good baseball team on Tuesday night. Hopefully they can do it again tonight and the next day and finish out April really strong. Thanks for making Locked on Angels your first listen today. You can actually check out tonight's game against the Oakland A's. It starts at 6.38 Pacific time, and we're looking forward to seeing Sandy throw. You can catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. Mike, you know, the best place to follow us is at Locked on Angels on Twitter. I do know. At Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. And if you're on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed. It really helps out the channel, helps other Halo fans find Locked on Angels. We love being here for you Monday through Friday, every single day. Where else are you going to go? There's right. no, there's nobody else doing daily Angels talk. This is the place to be. It's the place to be. <laughs> and so we're here for you every Monday through Friday. The national media is not going to do it for you. ESPN, Fox Sports, they're not going to do it for you. Locked nope. on Angels is going to do it for you on the Locked on Podcast Network. So we're happy that you're here with us. Hey, Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? All right, so Taylor Ward's April has not been as great as it was last year. Everybody was talking Mm -hmm. like, maybe he's going to be the MVP last year. This year's been very different. Why is that? Well, Johnny, you actually have some answers, and you're going to share those with me and with you, the listener and viewer, tomorrow on Lockdown Angels. I'm really looking forward to sharing my findings about what's up with Taylor Ward. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Thank you for being here with us. That's going to do it for this episode of Lockdown Angels, and we'll see you back here tomorrow.